Good day, Marks. Yes, it is I, Josh Dillon, and we are back with another episode of the Pink and Black Playback. Just want to let you know that we have finally posted the feed for our new podcast, Look Who's Siskel and Ebert Now. You can find that at anchor.fm slash Siskel and Ebert Now. And as always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at pinkandblackplayback at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at BigFaceless. Thanks. And now to the show. Hi, I'm Josh Young. And I'm Josh Dillon. And you're listening to the Pink and Black Playback, a 4 out of 10 podcast chronicling the 10 out of 10 career of one Brett the Hitman Hart, where we cover all the highs, the lows, and the pinky middles. Happy New Year. Merry New Year. We did it. <laughs> Yay. 2023. Another year happens, regardless of how much we want it to or not. <laughs> Uh, so ends what might be the weirdest year in professional wrestling, and that's saying something. Uh, did not go out with a whimper. I'll say. I'll say that. Yeah, the whole year made less sense than ever. Um, and like there are years in wrestling history where multiple guys got their eyes gouge out. So like this is saying something. <laughs> that's saying a lot. Oh boy. And as we as we as we enter this new year, it's it's even more of a a lion's roar or a tyrannosaurus sex tyrannosaurus sex tyrannosaurus rex roar pretty sure that was edge's original gimmick what tyrannosaurus sex really i was yeah no, no. It, was, it was sexton hardcast yes josh you're <laughs> making a joke i have an edge t-shirt uh, and today we are gonna take a look at brett Keith and Bruce Hart. Yeah, it's a killer's row, oh, baby. The triple threat. Versus Dynamite Kid and the Kiwis from 1979, <laughs> May 1st in Stampede. Also known effectively effectively everywhere else around the world as, at that point, the Sheep Herders, later to be known as the Bushwhackers. Don't fuck with these weirdos. Yeah, oh, boy. They went from New Zealand, met up with Mystic Man. He's like, I think you guys should be Australian because Crocodile Dundee's yeah. popular. And I've never heard of New Zealand before. <laughs> Yeah, what's in New Zealand? Exactly. <laughs> You're from Australia, kids. And then after that, we're going to talk about Great Muda versus Shinsuke Nakamura on New Year's Eve, uh, or New Year's Day, I guess, yeah, Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, might as well bring in the year with the first great match of the year, really. Put some respect on that. That's Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, man. I, I would love to try out to be... Like a an announcer, I'd fucking uh, rule that job. Oh I'd be God. too good at that job. Stop. Stripper announcer or wrestling announcer? <laughs> Different vibes, but yeah, you could cover both for sure. Absolutely for sure. Yeah, so yeah, like I said, we started off with an old Stampede classic. We got our hands on uh, like an 18 minute long copy of this match, uh, just about from when the bell started. Thank God. <laughs> All these other Stampede matches that we find are just clips and stuff, right? Yeah, you get very like, intersected uh, yeah. in the middle of. <laughs> yeah, here's five minutes of a match that might have been good. You don't know, but the crowd's really hot. <laughs> yeah. If you watched it from the beginning and were there in Calgary in 1979, it was a great time. <laughs> so we got the Hart brothers out who uh, can't be bothered to even kind of dress alike. <laughs> Brett is, so this is 1979, Brett, so we're about a year, year and a half away from, like, baby fat Brett. Yeah, Brett we, the fat man heart. Yeah, we're <laughs> the skinny kid. He's got his uh, little black trunks on with little, like, silver side panels, I guess, yep. um, and red boots. And then Keith is wearing his red trunks, red, red trunks. boots. And we've got Bruce out here showing stylish. some fucking thighs. Bruce Hart, Bruce Hart oh the, the stylish one of the family. American Bruce Hart, flag enemy singlet. of the show. <laughs> 
high cut singlet on him. Almost Captain like, America Steve. Jesus, looks like a goddamn Bruno character. Okay, people mistake the fact that oh, Captain boy. America's costume looks more like the Puerto Rican flag. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so the pride of Puerto Rico, because that like, Stampede Wrestling was huge in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, this is it. He's just repping the colors, baby. Oh, I never thought. I remember of that we were talking about that before. He's uh, he's big in Antigua. Big in Antigua yeah, uh, in the Caribbean. I remember. <laughs> Bruce Hart, man, <laughs> legend in somebody's mind. In his own. Can't wait for his Peacock documentary to release. They should just do all the Hart family, like one by one, from weirdest to least weird. Eventually, just get to Keith cooking dinner or something. Like... Peacock, you're you're being too kind. It'll be like a CBC miniseries. Like they'll oh, turn the God. Hart family into like the Beachcombers. Hey, if, you, if a network buys a program about fucking, uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name. What's the fuck up Hart? Teddy. Right. Make a Teddy Hart documentary. Why not? Teddy why not? Doc. Why not a Bruce Hart documentary? I'm sure Bruce has got some hilarious. CBC stories. gave Chris Jericho a show. That's right. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking anything can funny. happen. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, we've got some very well-dressed gentlemen. Um, and, of course, we've got the uh, best-dressed gentleman in the entire match is the referee. It's, it's, let's not forget about him before dude's we rocking, move on. Dude's rocking a, a wicked perm and beard, this neatly trimmed beard, neatly permed hair. And uh, he wanted everyone to notice everyone to notice his pants, which were uh, they were corduroy bell bottoms and uh, Italian leather boots that he purchased at the yeah. Hudson Bay Company. Like, almost <laughs> like an orange brown color. He looked if you took off blue the referee, corduroy, blue like if corduroy. You, if you changed the color weave from his like referee polo to like a beige or something, he would look like a model in a Sears catalog from that same yeah. year. It's fucking hilarious yeah. looking. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, we've got Dynamite, who's, oh, skinny Dynamite. Man, what a little guy. Oh, God, this is. Little flippy yeah, that boy. That guy didn't have one steroid in him at this juncture. Not yet. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> and the Sheep Herders, who are just like, it's funny seeing the Bushwhackers wearing actual wrestling tights. <laughs> because, like, their bodies are so weirdly shaped. But, like, I shouldn't be surprised by that. They're it's wearing just... they're wearing matching ma the, the Kiwis, Bushwhackers, Sheep Herders. Etc. Sweet William and the other guy. Sweet Will. <laughs> far is far what far cry fuck? from Butch and Luke. But I digress. They're wearing matching tights and matching matching uh, uh, unitards. But it looks like they were like Sharon's into knitting and quilting and mm. sewing and a lot of that stuff. It, it looks like something that they took out of her basket was... <laughs> and put together. And made double. I was <laughs> this is in, incredible. Informed at one point, um, you you know the the Pied Piper, that like, <laughs> character. Yeah. Pie. He was the Pied Piper because Pied was a way to explain that style of clothing, where it's like different pieces of different patterns yeah. kind of sewed together. So that's Pied. That's what Pied is. Apparently, I don't know. I don't. Wow. I barely speak this version. Of whenever English. you, whenever I read those stories as a child, as a child, like he's always in like one uniform. Yeah. Like a green type. I know. They don't know what they're doing. I have to Google these words because I play Dungeons and Dragons, so I need to talk like an uh, old tavern keeper sometimes. Yeah, I don't even know. know what this shit means. <laughs> I can't just be saying it. But you got to be topical. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Being like a Lovecraft fan as a kid really helped. I can throw out little <laughs> phrases like I'll talk about the gibbous moon. That's good times. Good right times. <laughs> Get, right. Getting the most out of that grade 10 education. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It's uh, it's well, it's it's not a very technical match. Match begins that. with a fucking atomic drop, like bell. Yeah. Ring, maybe the bell rung before we don't know, but it for for our viewing pleasure, it started with an atomic drop. Yeah, Mister B 
Billington. <laughs> takes uh, one. He takes his atomic drop and then jumps like 10 feet in the air. Like yeah. it's the hardest move he's ever took. And really, it's like the most technical move. Other than it's like a good roll up at one point. But the There's rest of the flip. Brawl, 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 brawl. I hate to skip to the end of the match, but even Keith was saying at the end of the match, this if this this wasn't a wrestling match, this was a street fight. This is a yeah. street brawl. Oh my god! And it very much was that. There, there a lot are a few... of kick punch. There's some good, yeah. good heel work here. Yeah. Almost like hilarious heel work too, because the referee is constantly doing this. Like, you know how they'll be really hard on the faces and be like, "No, you like they'll fucking beat up a face if he tries to get in the ring." <laughs> but then the heels, the heels are just run do whatever they want. And the ref's like, "Hey, would you mind not maybe doing that? That'd be great if you could just like, <laughs> hey, 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 what did I say? Cut that out. Okay, I'm gonna count to ten. Get over there. <laughs> get over there." You know, that he kind had of no control over this match. The only thing he had control over was those bright blue corduroy bell boxes. Oh, I was going to say those tight, <laughs> tight permed curls. <laughs> that too. Perfect. Perfect perm on this guy. Um, so it's a lot of kick punch, a lot of back and forth. And it really is they, the story they tell here, as far as I can tell, is that these heels are the most dastardly kind of heels. In for to provide context, Brett and Dynamite Kid are feuding over the mid card titles yeah. in uh, Stampede, which was there's that infamous picture. We've uh, we've uh, detailed that match before. There's that infamous picture mm, of them uh, tug of war, tug of war with the title belt that they had and the the photo of them. Brett brings in his brothers, the brothers Hart, <laughs> and Dynamite brings in his boys from uh, New Zealand to help uh, even the odds. He took a 16-hour flight to New Zealand, <laughs> walked, how, walked sticks, two days through the bush, and then the, found these two assholes. The stakes are so high in Calgary, you don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, so all in all, it's not a bad match. It's the kind of thing that if you were watching live, you'd fucking love, because it is just this dastardly heel nonsense the whole time. Yeah, There's completely. a couple spots that I really like. There's a point where Keith jumps through the ropes at one of the, like, he's not uh, in the match, but he, like, jumps through the ropes. He gets so mad. And reaches out, and as he's jumping, he grabs the hair of uh, one of the Kiwis and just starts fucking shaking his head. <laughs> and I love it, because it looked like something you would do in a bar fight. It had that vibe to it. And the whole thing of this match seems to be the the good guys, the, the clean-cut heart boys and, and Bruce, are... <laughs> trying to be like standing good guys but you can only you can only push a man so far right yeah you're right about the heels uh kiwi uh one of the kiwis per perhaps it was kiwi one and kiwi two sweet william and the other guy sweet Butch william Luke. and regular and regular flavor <laughs> spicy no smoky <laughs> william sweet and smoky sorry go on you were saying things there's he's working over as a heel big time and like he's got the tape thumb and he's like jamming it into Brett's head. That's a fun one. Uh, a lot of, a lot of shit canning and big moves there. That's where all the big moves oh, are. So much big moves outside. Yeah. Falling on some like little old Doing lap. Lips, and then there'd be a big move. I gotta say it. like, yeah, it looked like the most technical stuff here was the bumps. Cause you've got dynamite bumping like dynamite and Brett starting to do the Brett like uh, yeah. turnbuckle stuffs. Yeah. Uh, and so like literally what they're getting over are like whips into the corner and yeah, stuff like that's that. That's where all the action like, oh, is. Oh my God. But there's that one ridiculous spot where one of the bushwhackers, Kiwis, mm -hmm. sheep herders, he just does whatever, does this like, takes a bump, Goes on the ropes and then bumps again. Mm, yeah, like, that was funny. Like, it was where that go from? It was like <laughs> almost like a Ric Flair bump, but yeah, like yeah. not on purpose because you know Ric Flair does the delayed fall kind of thing or a get up, fall back down bullshit. Right. Uh, Shawn Michaels too, of course, famous Definitely. for that. But this almost looked like he forgot to sell. 
And then he was like, oh shit. And then he throws himself into <laughs> yeah, the ropes. Because yeah. he's got his balance. He's totally again. fine. Yeah. He's like, oh shit. And then he falls into the ropes. And he's like, ah. Uh, a couple other things I noticed here. There's a moment where uh, Bruce gets color. Uh, the spot is he's getting thrown into the, the post. And this is the, the inciting moment later. We find out from Keith as to why they lost their cool. And they had yeah. to like bring the street fight to the street fighters. But this leads to him getting cut open pretty good. But the ref does a thing, which I actually kind of like. You see him walk over and check on him. But the way he checks on him, he kind of like rubs dabs, his head. Yeah, dabs at him. Dabs his head. Uh, yeah, dabs his head with his hand. And he puts his hand down to, to show the audience. Like, he's looking at it. Oh, but he it puts it up such a way like, oh, look at all that blood. Yeah, because that, that was a spot where Bruce and one of the one of the guys were, one of the sheep herders were on the apron yeah. and then he gets his head rung on the on the post mm-hmm. there uh ed whalen's commentary beautiful stuff ed uh yeah. mama mia yeah, i've never seen a more <laughs> anglo way of pronouncing mama mia than mama mia big deal man big deal ed or uh then he's like he's like how sweet it is i was like yes i get that the honeymooners was popular yeah, like, ed <laughs> whalen what are you doing like, <laughs> it's almost like somebody's pressing the ed whalen button every three minutes like <laughs> It's like a, he's making comments at times where I like I'm not even sure what you're commenting on it. You're yeah. just like filling air because you didn't say anything for a couple seconds. <laughs> like oh, and the other one, <laughs> yeah, the other the one. other one, Ed. Does he have a <laughs> it's name? It's the Hard Brothers and the other one. Like, what are we talking about? They uh, yeah. So this match was uh, ends in a schmoz. Schmoz ends yeah. in a schmoz. Then we get uh, cut to commercial. Comes right back to. Uh, Keith just being like, oh, I tell you, I tried real hard to be a good guy, but, uh, you know, we're going to have to do it. You so. have to understand that they're very salt of the earth people. Yeah. They don't need the big promos and Mush the explanations. Every yeah, one of these hard boys at this point. Mouthful of marbles. Fucking. So, yeah, Keith starts off. I'm a little bit woozy. Bruce gives you like, oh, what are you going to do? Kind of. I want revenge. Yeah, he's like, I'll tell you that much. I'll get some revenge there. I'll tell you. The next barn dance, I'll tell you, he's going to get wrapped around in his pole. I'm going to give him a good shot there. It's like a fucking uh, Peanuts teacher. We're a far, far cry from Brett cutting promos in a wheelchair, yeah. right? So this, like... is, this is no who are you to question El Dandy. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, it's it's so funny. And like, match ends in complete schmoz because of all the interference. The, like, mm. and even Ed, Ed Whalen's like, he's going to have to call it now <laughs> yeah yes because, like it just keeps being <laughs> yeah. bullshit 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 yeah. and eventually the ref's just like well i guess the i've had enough leave. i it's think over. it's time for everybody to go home yeah he checks <laughs> his clock yeah. needs to move on quitting time keith is like keith is like i'm trying to protect the the greatest wrestling promotion in, in the, uh, the the world, world. <laughs> like he that my dad created <laughs> like, he, he must have thought in his head he was gonna say calgary or canada or something and then he's like no world that's fine it's so the, fucking silly. the world does not just include calgary i, I also <laughs> i think every time edmonton on a way <laughs> every time uh one of these every time we watch one of these uh stampede matches i can't stop noticing how loose those ropes are. I've had elastic on my underwear tighter yes. than the fucking oh my God. tighter than the fucking ropes in a stampede match. Man. So I think that's gonna fucking do it. I don't know as much more we can really <laughs> go with. So Josh. Yo. <laughs> what out of ten what's do you give this match? It's the new year and feeling generous. I would say I give it a I give it a five out of ten possible puerto rican markets <laughs> i think that's absolutely fair that's run of the mill absolutely fair i will give you uh five out of ten um <laughs> high cut bruce hart one pieces yeah because oh boy Hot. hip riding hip riding dude Ugh. he cut out a fucking child's uh captain america Looks costume like a toys r us <laughs> 
and put it on. This I swear to God. Not one you need to see. I got to say uh, the positive, though. Um, You're in the middle of a feud, so it's, yeah. it's, you, you it's have definitely to have the we're building stuff up. And I think those two guys, when they were in the ring together, you could see why they were special. Yeah. Brett, even though he is skinny, he clearly has a more of a wrestler frame than either his bar- brothers do at this point. Uh, Keith was pretty, Keith was pretty jacked. Uh, Keith was And he's got that fucking you know bitch in mean? 70s mustache. Like he's got the, the thinner shoulders, yeah. his little rounder, rounded chest. Uh, he looks like an old tough guy. He's yeah. fine, but he doesn't look like made for TV. Brett doesn't either, but you can see the frame. <laughs> yeah, you know it's what coming, I mean? It's you coming together. If he puts a little it's weight on, together. he's going to be a pro wrestler, no problem. And the match the match they had uh, that Brett and uh, Dynamite Kid had for that title yeah. is a fucking barn burner. Because they get, frankly, they only had a couple minutes in this match one-on-one. Yeah. And that was the best stuff by far. And they hardly did shit. You know? it's, it's pretty cool, too, how far back the early careers of both of them go and how far that translates from Stampede to Japan, to w- to finally yeah. WWF. But uh, I guess, yeah, that takes us to our next match. And to welcome in the new year on our first episode of 2023. The first, as far as I'm concerned, pretty damn good match of 2023. Fuck yeah, that's how, you, that's how you start the new year. That's how you ring in the new right. year. So we've got Shinsuke Nakamura taking on uh, the great Muda in Noah. Oh, this is a special match, not for a title or anything. Yeah. Uh, Shinsuke comes out first. It's Noah's got a smaller set. And I don't mind that they are a smaller organization, but you, they start off, they got one of those big old uh, drums, you know, you see in the car commercials and the, <laughs> the, the posters the entrance, at the Japanese buffet place. You know. Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance starts off like the beginning of uh, the Wes Anderson film Isle of Dogs with the Japanese wardrobe. Then they got the guy that does the violin for his uh, mm. entrance music. He came in, he used to do the... Uh, yeah, I do the live events. Do the, the live events, events for NXT for the him. Takeovers and stuff that he did. Yeah, yeah, and that was always a big deal. But he was there, and then uh, Shinsuke comes out in this all white, white like robe. Jedi robe. It's yeah. beautiful, it's beautiful. Cool. It looks like a goddamn cultist. Yeah, and then the fucking theme, the bam, kicks fucking in. Yeah. He's, he's he doing comes his thing. in again a little um, reserved. And yeah, it does have the pageantry him. of like the craziness yeah. of a WWE entrance. Yeah, yeah him and the uh, uh, violinist bow to each other. Then he makes his way down. Then he, he bows yeah, in front of the ring and kisses the mat. It. Bow, yeah. Goes on his knees, kisses the mat. Um, Gets in, and then here comes, here comes Muda. He's here a comes Muda. <laughs> so it comes out in what looks like Northern Raider gear. He's got like <laughs> fur lined stuff. He's got this a classic looking like fucking mask on the hooded too. mask like, over hood, his wrestling mask. mask it's great and there's a guy in the crowd it might have even actually been him but this guy wearing like a jushin thunder liger mask it looked like and then he had like a a little covid like hospital mask over it too which is not a joke i'm sure to him but i thought it was funny as fuck they uh yeah so we've got uh two of the best to ever do it in that country um at different points in their career i, I i've said it before great the great muda is the hulk hogan of japan yeah Whereas yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura is the Shawn Michaels of Japan. Yeah. yeah so yeah. And this match is far better than their match. Their match they had Thank in God. SummerSlam 2005. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> there was no level of disrespect there here. Was, so this is an older Muda, and they are trying their best to get the most out of this situation. Because, of course, it's not a lot of big buildup. Shinsuke's coming in from uh, WWE. WWE. So it's not like they've had weeks to to really build this up, at least in person. Not at all. He signed on the dotted line pretty Flew fucking in, came quick. Out. And that has a lot to do with the Triple H regime being fucking cool about these yeah. things and yeah. having respect for it. I, I'm reminded of when uh, Yushin Liger came in 
uh, to NXT for a little bit. Remember, he wrestled a couple matches or whatever. <laughs> no, it was? he wrestled Tyler Breeze. That's right. Yeah, and uh, it just kind of felt like there was no reason for that to happen other than those in charge of creative were like, "We want this yeah, to that, fucking and it's happen. fucking cool to have." Yeah, you know, it's one thing when a when a regular like a white meat baby face retires or something and has like a, a life and a normal thing after this, <laughs> but whenever it's like a big monster or a weird creepy guy <laughs> yeah. who's like, "I'm gonna retire and invest in a car dealership," yeah, you, I don't know, you sell used cars, great Buddha. <laughs> like, what does George the Animal Steel do when he retires from wrestling? Wasn't he a teacher? He yes, was a teacher. this is it though. He just stops being that guy though. Like the kayfabe is over. I love it. He doesn't like, chew, chew upholstery. Yeah, <laughs> at the local high school. Yeah, he be. <laughs> He bought like a lazy boy factory. <laughs> I liked eating these chairs so much that I became the CEO of the company. That can't be good for your digestion, just uh, saying. You know, and the green tongue, that actually plays into this too. So Muda, of course, is known for being the green mist guy. Yeah. Not the first guy to do it, but definitely a lot of people who spray shit from their mouths on other he pro wasn't wrestlers. He was the at first guy to do that. As I understand it, he wasn't. Because Tajiri uh, took it, fucking Oscar yeah. uh, uh, does it. I would have to look this up. I could be just yeah. speaking out of turn. Yeah, so he made that his thing in such a big way. And that plays a very interesting part in this match. So this whole match <laughs> is relatively slow going. It's doing that, you know, that classic Japanese match buildup thing where it starts off very slow, but it starts off slow, slow. Yeah. It's so slow that they're like not even really paying attention to each other. And very quickly, Muda gets the upper hand. And uh, kind of just starts picking on uh, Shinsuke for yeah. the first third of the match, I'd say. Two point. And uh, it, it, you have to get really... It took a minute for me to get used to it because I haven't really watched a lot of it in a long time. The Japanese crowd, always typically silent. Yeah. So you can hear a fucking... You can hear the pin, pin drop. And mind you, later on, they start getting more and more excited. It's, it's yeah. a, very much a buildup. But as a sign of respect, typically those old school yeah. Japanese crowds are silence. And of course, COVID silence. regulations in Japan, uh, especially for live events. Yeah, they're still were, strict. Yeah, they're still wearing Everyone's masks. Everyone's wearing masks. And they were, you know, for the long time. As I understand it, they've relaxed the actual rules on this. But I know most live events, you weren't allowed to cheer. The yeah. idea was to like, so, so they let people kind of cheer when people are coming out. And then they, eh, yeah, everybody calm down. Up. Yeah. Um, and even the even the uh, commentator booths, they literally are. I should say table. They literally are booths because they got separated the, with like plexiglass. plexiglass yeah, yeah, it's like you're buying gas. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So this match is kind of slow going, grindy. Muda still likes to get a little technical with it. At least you know a, a lot of holds. Oh man, he goes from half. He goes into that half crab into an SDF. Yeah. I was like, motherfucker, still got it. Still looks good. Drops in, drops in a fucking figure four on Shinsuke. Mm -hmm. You will notice too. Not a lot of shit canning. There's no, no running of the ropes. No. Muda can't do that. Yeah. He can't do yeah. it. At least without looking like a hobbled yeah. child. He did it know? once. He got he managed to get Shinsuke down yeah. and uh just run a quick elbow. One of the things that you grow to appreciate about older wrestlers, guys who've wrestled a long time, you know, their yeah. bodies are you can only do that for so long. Yeah. Some guys become very good at getting the most out of what what they have. And this is a good example of that, like working around what you're not great at and just focusing on the thing that makes you and your character over. It's It looked good and it looked thrilling. Yeah. The ending of this is just so picture perfect. It's, <laughs> oh, <laughs> multiple sprays to the face. Yeah, he does the mist. We got multicolored mist too. <laughs> we get a green mist. No, we got a red mist. Red mist first. Red mist first. Boom. Hits him with Boom. a red mist. Oh, it was like a front face lock, but they were on the ground on Shinsuke. And then does the green mist into him. Also, but, but before that, they, they kind of square off for a minute after kind of uh, tying up. 
and uh, Shinsuke's doing the come on. Muda does spray a little bit of mist just to get him to fucking back off. Of course, we get to the ending. Yeah. Whereupon there, there's a bit of maneuvering. There's a front, there's a fucking tie up. And I, I, you and I had to replay it because I was like, oh, he's just tying it up. And then very... hits the Shinkasa, pins him. I was like, well, what the fuck? It's the not... angle doesn't show it the greatest. Yeah. Is, and frankly, I was very complimentary watching this. Like the, the, the filming work, of it is yeah, interesting. Yeah. They don't really keep a hard camera nope. in Noah. The camera's always moving. Always moving. Or switching. Rather, yeah. Should, in in a way where that doesn't, isn't like a hard straight on camera. So that leads to some good action shots, but occasionally leads to these moments where they, the guys in the ring don't know where to play to. Yeah. So if something's a little close up, it can sometimes be harder to see. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it's the it's the uh, the New Year's kiss. <laughs> yeah. The that's New actually kiss. I didn't even thought of it. That, that like... is so perfect when you think about it. <laughs> you gave him. That's how you're ringing the New Year. It's believed that Muda always constantly keeps mist in his mouth to spit, and that's got to taste fucking god. Because he's a wizard. He's a wizard. Wizard mouth yeah. li- mouth wizard. Uh, <laughs> cool. It's a D and D subclass I just invented. But <laughs> beautiful. Uh, they kiss, or Nakamura kiss him. Was it? Uh, was it consensual? Who knows? But it's definitely wrestling. wasn't. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> add that part into it too. Content warning. <laughs> Content so, warning. And this is a position where uh, Muda often. This is a great miss time for Muda. Yeah. He likes to miss in, in like a miss, late lockup finisher. Oh, pin. So as the lockup goes in. Uh, you've got Nakamura just reaches in, grabs him by the fucking face, yeah. and lip locks him and sucks, sucks the out mist poison. out of his face, <laughs> pulls back, mists Muda, hits him with the Kinshasa, Kinshasa. One, one, two, two three. three, we're out of here. <laughs> once it hits, once he hits that, uh, the ref hits the third uh, yeah, smack for the pin. Yeah, he pit. spits a little leftover mist in the over. air. <laughs> like a real fucking artist, you know? I love it. I love it. Just those little moments is what makes uh, Nakamura so great, yeah, you know? That ex- that uh, mist explosion was better than uh, AEW's I failed think... Moxley, <laughs> Moxley yeah, Kingston oh. explosion. <laughs> I'm, uh, it's, uh, I just had a thought about that, too. I think... Like a Kenny Omega. What's so interesting about Kenny Omega is his ability to hit those big moments yeah. every time. Yeah. But Shinsuke Nakamura, it's like the best stuff he does lives in the cracks. It lives in the little recesses of these bigger moments. Definitely. And then he just does stuff that is so in that character that it's just like, I love this. This is so like, I, you believe it for that instant. Yeah. Which in this like postmodern fucking wrestling landscape that we all half in and out of shoot live in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're listening to a podcast of two assholes who've never wrestled a day in their life say wrestling terminology over and over again. Yeah. You know, that's Posers. Just, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Proud of it. But uh, so a guy that can do that is worth his weight in gold, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I loved it. This was really, really good. I don't think this is my favorite match of either of these guys, of course. Oh. But fuck, was it not probably the coolest match I've seen of either of these guys in the last it five was, years or so? It was a so. fine, fine performance. I don't watch a lot of ton of uh, Muda, especially since he's been to Noah. This makes me the second or third match yeah. of his in Noah I've seen. Beautiful storytelling using the short time you have to prepare. Yeah. I bet you they fucking didn't plan any of this, but that spot, that finisher is probably the only thing yeah, that they fucking they coded out. In the ring. Uh, I feel like, because that's how it felt like. And it didn't feel bad. It felt loose. It felt like these were two guys trying to figure a thing out as they went yeah. along. I thought it was really cool, but I don't want to color your opinion, Josh. What out of 10 what's do you give this match? Eight out of 10 violin solos. Ooh, I <laughs> violin like it. drops. I like it. Uh, Muda went out with his boots on. Yeah. 
yeah. when I was boots on. Absolutely. Uh, it was it was cool, especially and the, the walk away too. Yeah, yeah Muda's walking to the back, and then uh, Shinsuke ends up coming out and like. Well, they do the promos well, in English, which is yeah. surprising, right? He does, yeah, because Shinsuke has a moment in the ring where he's just like, you know, he said goodbye to what did he call him? His idol. Yeah, bye bye. <laughs> It's it's surprising they did it in English because the whole you have to understand the whole commentary track the whole ringside yeah we're watching action. the Japanese yeah, uh, version yeah of it. they're they're calling Japanese but uh, Shinsuke does the promo in English bye bye Muta Idol <laughs> and then he runs out like arm over shoulder and they yeah. walk him back and then we get a a promo that like you know the la- the Japanese interview and in the, after the, the backstage match kind yeah, of bullshit the immediate backstage. he is just basically no, 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 sorry the, go on the, the thoughts and feelings of the great Muta do not reflect on the pig black body oh, of course podcast. it was <laughs> we're quoting him here <laughs> really funny to me watching it too and I, I'll give him a pass um, I can't the, believe he did that in English either I'm the closest person <laughs> in this room that can pass for queer so i'm gonna just say that like you know i'll give him this one you're bald with a mustache and i got long hair with a mustache it's gonna be tough to call are we talking just looks because you looked very gay for the last (laughs) several years of your life your hair keeps growing out all your shirts are losing their sleeves so i don't know what's going on it's fine though i'm looking good i'd say yeah this is not a judgment of of a negative appearance that's for sure but uh but but muda and he cuts his promo in english uh, might be queer. Might be queer. Oh, faggot. He, f- he faggot. Oh. Okay, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. He tells some guy to get the that? fuck out of the way yeah. and then leaves. And like, he's just like, it's just like, I don't know. Has anybody got this experience where you got a grandparent who gets like real tired of family events real quick and it's just like, we're done. It's like, oh, the fucking grandma's got to go home. Everybody, I'm going to take grandma home. She's tired. <laughs> Say that something offensive goodbye. and leave. Like, <laughs> she gets up and walks away. That's wow, what I felt the, like. That's the mic drop of the new year. That's what you I have was... to say about your new year's kiss, Muda. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to leave a little of this to being, you know, not a native English speaker. And I don't think yeah, he's trying you were to saying be it's mean. like, I think it's something lost in translation. I think, yeah, I think to some degree, this is him. He is saying he's, well, he's gay because you kissed me. He's like, yeah, <laughs> he is saying that. But like, I, I don't think he wanted to come off like fuck homosexuals. I don't think that was no. the goal. <laughs> So I'll give it him was, a pass there. It was, and it was a just a having, funny fucking scene to watch. It's oh a beat-up wrestler having a senior's moment. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> but I couldn't believe it came out of his mouth. That's I heard been... about it. I heard about him saying it, and then we watched it. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I thought what I read on Twitter or on Facebook from Twitter was something just someone translating for him. Mm-hmm. But no, no, he cut that fucking thing in English. And, and I'm is, like, okay. This is Noah. Um, I know historically they're not as bad as like DDT or even like Frontier Martial Arts in the oh, end. Oh, yeah, 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 With like all the gay in the butt stuff. Like yeah, a lot of weird heavy, butt yeah. themed stuff. I remember, I think it was Frontier Martial Arts that had a fucking match where it was like whoever could make put a firework Make a firework go off that was in somebody else's ass, ass crack. Yeah, would win for like what there, a fucking gimmick though. They're appealing to a different niche market. What a, it's it's audience. beautiful. I mean, like Noah's <laughs> a lot different now in the sense where because they are a smaller Japanese uh, promotion, at least comparatively, of course, to Japan. Japan yeah. I feel they do that almost ECW thing where they have a bunch of different styles. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah we yeah, got yeah. this kind of thing and this kind of thing. It's more of like a buffet. It's less about like look how fun this fat guy's wearing a thong, eh? <laughs> Look, look at his hairy butt. It's funny. It's funny. He's going to sit on that guy. It's great. I loved it. I thought this was a great match. I look forward to seeing what happens with Muda with the rest of this. Um, side note, shout outs to Ric Flair for always getting misted and making it look like he was sprayed with acid. <laughs> like every picture you see of him, it's like somebody yeah. put acid on him. Turn like, it into ah! Harvey Dent. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the middle Fucking of a transformation. Face. He's like a, becoming a Batman villain. <laughs> 
real time. Flair's other heel turn. So I'm, I got to say, I'm very, I, I didn't expect one of these Muda retirement matches to make me be like, fuck, I love pro wrestling. But that one absolutely It's did. fun. It did. It's a fun time. It's, it's so cool. I liked it. I Thanks. honestly did. Thanks, Hunter. <laughs> Maybe this puts more credibility back on Nakamura now. I hope they give him a chance to be less... Again, less cartoony. Yeah, I, be a, be the I artist, be the I don't fucking killer him. you're supposed to be. Exactly. Like even when he first came into the the, the main card in WWE, they were presenting him as the artist yeah. Nakamura. Yeah. And I remember literally, like there was a guy doing calligraphy or painting or something. It's like this B-roll footage as they're talking about how just trying to get over to the American audience, yeah. the WWE crowds, that like this guy is a big deal. deal. Yeah. Um, that didn't last very long. Um. <laughs> But it wasn't exactly like they crushed him. It wasn't like another one we talked about previously, Taz, getting fucking <laughs> coming in, looking like a million bucks on his first night. And then wrestling just Kurt Angle, beating boom, boom, Kurt boom. Angle a year after Kurt Angle's Dude, debut. Kurt Angle would do the job for anybody yeah, if you asked him cool. nicely. He's cool like that. I love it. Now, <laughs> are we going to get into the Grind My Gears? Let's do it. Grind your gears, and then I'll give out about something. Cool. About that. Uh, are we going to see any more talent going east? What does this mean? Probably not because fucking uh, a certain Mac. a certain dirty old man's returning to no chance in hell, hell hits. <laughs> Do rank Vince McMahon appears in pro wrestling <laughs> the Noah ECW championship. Yeah. I, I've said it. Uh, it, it it's two thousand. Mac is back, baby. You can't it, keep a good man down. It's two thousand two. Do you know where your lethal dose Talk of about, poison is? <laughs> gotta love, gotta love Vince McMahon even in his own retirement. Uh, he's got an inability of sticking with long-term storytelling. It took six months. This six fucking months. This is this is beyond. So beyond for those uh, that bad don't storytelling, know, good after storytelling. Vince, <laughs> yeah, after Vince McMahon um, retired officially from his role as chairman of WWE, all these great changes have happened functionally, at least stuff that made sense. There's a shoring up at the back room. William Regal got rehired. Well, there's a guy who might be making some phone calls soon. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> bunch of people came back are you there tk it's me exactly. Regal. <laughs> so tony how you doing fuck carrying cross what a for time fuck's sakes. what a time well this is actually there's a couple funny fucking things that happened here right yeah. you have uh the, the him reaching out to the board and being like hey i would love to come back and assist in selling the company and uh then the board is just like hey vince don't come back and they even said in their response to him like Stuff has come to light for us that has yet to go public. public. Yeah. So that makes us even more like nah, nah, nah. we don't need you back. Don't you're not helping. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I have to be there for the set for the sale. I have the majority <laughs> shareholders, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be. I there. have impending lawsuits that need to be covered quickly and quietly. Quietly, like he's just trying to get his hands back on the money. So he's put himself back on the board. He's officially not. Uh, CEO of the company right now. Three people had to step down for him and yeah. two other guys to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, walked away. Yeah. And one of the guys who walked away was the guy who was in charge of the internal investigation of Vince McMahon. He's claiming, or, you know, the rumor is he wants no, he's got no issue in, you know, the actual day-to-day -day production. So His far. goal is to sell the company. But I honestly think it would have been easier to sell the company if Vince McMahon's hands his, weren't on yeah. the wheel. Yeah. And it's hard for me to imagine, again, the guy who just now, then, forever, I'm in retirement. Uh, good luck, everybody. <laughs> it's hard to imagine that guy being like, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with these programs. I can't imagine him saying that. I, I, it's a matter of time for Vince McMahon to be like, you know what would be great if an attractive blonde wrestler kissed me? <laughs> like Sable or yeah, Trish? Yeah, and they act like they really liked it. <laughs> You know, or it's just like he finds the biggest, slowest guy and is just like the Omos, 
year-long monster tour like <laughs> what are we gonna do who knows if if this is the only change if this is Vince McMahon doesn't feel good unless he's sitting in the high chair fine just being the the show boss isn't gonna be enough for him he's gonna want to get in the nitty-gritty and tell people what they need to do and or dude, not do and they're gonna repeat and everything that they yeah. tried to rene renege on hey, that we'll he see we'll see end. um so we're gonna do a couple quick predictions we'll see what comes out of this so what do you think in the next month josh um what will happen with vince mcmahon and the wwe him returning uh doesn't smell screams of his fucking bruised ego mm. look at the follow that happened all the shit that came out about him mm. as being a fucking abuser sexually yeah. and otherwise and Shortly thereafter, into the new year, he he wants he wants his it's fine wants his uh, wants his business as usual, right? Yeah, business but as usual. That screams that, and then I'll I'll sell my company. Damn it! I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I remember being a kid and I remember my dad working in the truck plant in Oshawa, Ontario. Cool. And I remember him talking about guys he would work with because these are guys since they were 18. They worked this grinding. Yeah, yeah this fucking bolt punching job union job every day for fucking the last 35 40 years to a point where like these guys don't need the money it's not good for them physically to be here but they just don't know what else to it's do with themselves else. yeah and uh, i think a guy like vince mcmahon has made his life everything about it this company yeah and, he has no uh, identity other than that and for him to go out not being at the top of this company it's going to drive him nuts I am going to predict that he is going to start doing some weird Vince McMahon-isms. I don't think he's going to fire William Regal. I, I don't think he's going to be moving around, obviously, more people in that uh, creative umbrella. I think what we're going to see, though, are there's going to be some Vince McMahon calls. We're going to see some storylines that don't make sense. A bunch of things are going to get cut on Monday. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, is we'll NXT see. going back to Rainbow Brand? Right. 3.0. That's funny. Oh, my God. 3.0. Are we going to see? Yeah. Are we going to see NXT 3.0? It really felt like the company thought they had runway to do what they want. So I'm curious what but have Vince have is the, telling people. Yeah. And have the know? rug taken out from under them, from under yeah. Triple H and under Stephanie. Vince McMahon was always the primary shareholder. Yeah. So publicly traded company or not, you can't really get rid of him yeah. if he doesn't want you to. Unless he sells his shares. But He's got to make some deals. And That uh, didn't happen. But like, yeah, yeah we're going back to same old, same old. And the story hasn't really been told about the other McMahon-Helmsley era. <laughs> you know what I mean? The story hasn't been set yet for that. And it's such a short period of time. And have, like I yeah. said, have that fucking taken away from them for, before they've had a chance to prove uh -huh. what they can do with the company. Yeah, Vince has been on top of this company since like his early 30s. Yeah. You know, when so. His, well, of course, uh, he was literally grandfathered in. Yeah. So like, what, like it just feels, just feels so uh, short-sighted. And the fact that they, they got fucking strong-armed into agreeing and, to it and is it's, crazy. What's wild about it to me is that the belief that, like, I have to be here to make the sale. Vince, it's my baby. Yeah. You, I, like, that might be true, but he's trying to present it like no one could sell it like he could. He's <laughs> got to do it. He doesn't trust anyone else to do it. Vince, do you really think you making the deals with NBC, do you think they're going to sh shake your hand and take a photo, Vince? Like, what do you think is going to fucking that's, happen? That's the other prediction. Who does it get sold to? I'm guessing. The fucking Saudis? Oh, man. Either this the Saudis or the, been... or the House of Mouse. The House of Saud or the House of Mouse. <laughs> Am I going to see Captain America on fucking... Well, I did. Mr. America. <laughs> Kurt Angle. Yeah, this makes Kurt Angle a Disney princess. <laughs> yeah, fuck. You know, canonically. So that's House my prediction. Mouse. My prediction is I don't think that'll happen in the next month. I don't think we're going to see a lot in the next month. But I, I'm sure we'll see a couple of Vince McMahon finishes and maybe somebody vying for a title that doesn't make any sense. 
Um, but I think Austin Theory gets back. On. We're gonna float in this unknown space for a little while, and then either Vince is gonna do what Vince does and maybe actually do a business and like sell the company. Or he's just going to get tired of not being able to do that and then just start shitting all over the product again. Does he sell it under the caveat that he has complete creative control? No. <laughs> would he would he fucking swerve that way too? I can't. I think that I think he just wants to wants it to be his choice. I think when he goes out, he wants to say he did it and no one made him. I honestly think that's it. I don't think he thinks it's a better sale with him. I don't can't believe he would believe that. He's not dumb. He's weird, sure, but not dumb. Crazy, not stupid. Um, so <laughs> I guess we'll leave you with something to say. <laughs> something more positive. Let's give out about something too if we're gonna grind gears. Cool. Uh Dax Harwood from <laughs> uh FTR has started his own podcast. It's great. Uh I will say this Dax Hardwood. It's hardwood. It's hardwood. A lot of people that say you shouldn't have started a podcast. Oh well, yeah, you get in all this backroom. Shit. I've heard that opinion. I don't even know how true all that is. What's interesting is the podcast is quite honest, but not in a way where it feels like he's telling stories about other people for the most part. Yeah, it's honest in the way where like he's cried several times on this podcast. Fine. He is such a podcaster too. He can't shut up about his wife and kid. Hey, like me. Yeah. <laughs> Minus kid. Minus the kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Instead of that, it's like overpriced comic books. <laughs> And he uh, drinks a different tequila every episode. At least that's the plan. And he gives a quick review of it because he's a tequila guy, of course. And uh, he just comes across so passionate. And he definitely has great insight. I also love how he is a classic wrestler in the way that even if he doesn't like a guy, he's telling you how great they are constantly. He's constantly telling you how good everyone is. And it makes you wonder, do you really think that, Dax? Or are you just saying that because you're going to say something maybe they don't want you to say? So you're like, oh, best tag team ever. I put them on my Mount Rushmore also. Yeah, also, yeah. We were supposed to face them, and that never happened, and I wonder why. Hmm. I get it. I also love how more obvious it's becoming to me that David Meltzer doesn't know fucking shit. Like, all this <laughs> stuff about how much the backroom fucking hates whoever or whatever, and then, like, very quickly, multiple other wrestlers come out in the last couple months being like, well, actually, CM Punk was great. Really look forward to working with him. Things changed. Well, that's that that's really something meant I, was a lot going, to me. I was going to ask, too, is, like, wasn't he getting, wasn't Dax getting a lot of flack for even bringing up uh, He Punk did an entire episode Yeah, an entire episode, on and CM he's, like, Punk wanting him great. to come back. Yeah, he said... Well, this is it. And that's the thing that gets me. First of all, I want to remind everybody, this is a backstage fucking scuffle at a wrestling show. That happens a million fucking times. Dax in one of these episodes talks about the time it happened with him and Bobby Fish like two months beforehand because something fucking Kyle O'Reilly said or something. And Bobby Fish is just a goof, clearly. <laughs> but, we're beating uh, his podcast in France. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I looked us up once and we were beating Bobby Fish's podcast. Felt good about that one. Also, we're, we're the top wrestling podcast in the Republic of Moldova. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to thank uh, Marina Shafir. Uh, I don't know who else would be responsible. A landlocked. The one guy who once country. listened to two minutes of us was like, ah, oh, there you go. Thanks. Like, Thanks, Republic of Moldova. Or who's ever using, I bet it's somebody just using like a proxy server or something to like log in. <laughs> you know, like. No, I think we're a hit. I hope so. I hope so. We're big in Moldova. We're big in Moldova, baby. <laughs> just like TB. We're big in Moldova. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm sure it's a lovely place. Yeah, so I would say it's definitely worth a watch if you're listening, if you're a wrestling fan or a watch for that matter. He really takes things seriously. He talks about, you know, the health problems with his daughter. He talks about mm -hmm. his own struggles with anxiety. There's actually a really nice spot there where he starts talking about uh, the night he found, he eventually found out that what was going on was he was having an anxiety attack, a, a panic attack, actually. 
And this is when he started like seeing somebody about mental health help. And uh, he talks about calling cash and like going over what's going on and being scared of himself yeah. to some degree. And cash just being like, I will stay on the phone with you forever, man. I don't care. Whatever you need. And like, he can't finish the story because it gets to him how Holy much shit. like his partner wanted to support him. And like, you know, in another city in a different place over the phone, he'd just be there for him all night. If anything, I think if, the it's real to me damn it guy <laughs> had any like wrestling talent whatsoever david wells i'm friends with them on facebook of course you are <laughs> every fucking i keep hearing this from marks like i know that guy do you i love how this guy's become famous for crying about wrestling being real it got right. big it got big because he ended up on tosh.0 oh god so <laughs> That's the best way to end it, really. Uh, so I would say give it a listen. At this point, there's only been a couple episodes out. We'll see how long it lasts. Okay. FTR has been basically what looks like uh, they've lost all their belts at this point. All of them? They gave up the ROH belts. They gave up- The AAA belts, right? AAA belts. Yeah. And they just gave up the New Japan belts. E so They're Beltless. Yeah. Well, this is it. The zero star FTR. Oh my God. What are we going to do? But uh, And they sure as hell ain't going back to fucking- uh... Federation land with, uh, Scorched with the Scorched on those guys. Fuck yeah. these guys. Don't like these people. Fuck them all. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. You think he's going to get back I... in the bed with the road dog? Get back in the doghouse? And those, <laughs> well, those boys, the interesting thing about them is they've made themselves legitimate to American audiences and in doing so have made themselves look better to international audiences. Definitely. They could end up on a stint in New Japan, for instance, or somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised. Cool. Since they're, when they were the revival in NXT, they were given out to being very old school. Yeah. Reminiscent of the uh, Minnesota Wrecking Crew, the yeah. Brain Busters, Fuck, right? Yeah, Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Good one. <laughs> um, yeah, Hard I think that's going to be enough for me. Listen to the new FTR podcast with Dax. Yeah. It's uh, quite good. I get the vibes he would be podcasting if he never wrestled a day in his life. Like, he's a natural. It's worth listening. Is he as good as we are? <laughs> well, this is the sad part. I think officially we are no longer the top Bret Hart marks. <laughs> In the podcasting we're, world. We're number two number compared two. to him. Hey, he's number one for wrestling right now in the, true. in the USA. So, like, it's working out well for him, man. I'll, I'll, I'll put him over. Uh, I'll put him over. Nice to, see, nice to see a guy who really cares doing really well. That's yeah, all I can say. Anybody definitely. who works hard. Um, the consummate family, man. Josh. What's up? Ben is home. In the meantime and in between time, this has been another thrilling episode of the Pink and Black Playback. Tune in next week. Same Brett time, same Brett channel. Adios. Adios.